Hello, everyone, and welcome to So What Happens Next. My name is Thomas. I'm Amber. And I'm Patrick. And this week, it is the next installment in our Mobster May Marathon. And we're going to be diving into the sequel to The Godfather. That is The Godfather Part 2. As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. You shit-kicking, stinky, horseman-horse-smelling motherfucker, you! It's a sacred knife to the back guy! You don't understand, I could've had class. I could've been a contender. I'm gonna make him an offer, Captain. Carry that stink of the streets with you the rest of your life. I like the stink of the streets. It makes me feel good. I like the smell of it. It opens up my lungs. I want you to get this fuck where he breathes. I want you to find this fancy boy, Elliot Ness. I want him dead. I want his family dead. I want his house burnt to the ground. I want to go to the middle of the night. I want to piss on his edge. Say hello to my little friend. All right. So, how's everybody doing today? Tired. <laughs> yeah, tired. <laughs> Bit of a walking weekend. We did over eight miles in the city, so... Mm, that sounds cool. <laughs> yeah, if you couldn't tell by the perhaps audio slight audio change that happened in our last episode, Patrick was actually in town last weekend. Yeah. And we managed to get him in the studio to finish up our talk about The Godfather 1, uh, which just so happens to be the prequel to the movie we're talking about today, which is The Godfather Part 2. Uh, Amber, do you have any, like, knowledge, prior knowledge of this movie, aside from obviously seeing the first one? You mean part two? Yeah, part two. Yeah, I knew there was, like, a part one and a part two. Mm -hmm. But now that I've seen part one, I can't imagine what else they're gonna do. Well, you're gonna have to figure it out before I... Plus, people are like, oh, part two is way better. I'm like... How? Because I thought yeah. part one was pretty good. That is the part that's going to stump me, because a lot of people say part two. How can you make it so better. much better? They go into space. <laughs> <laughs> Godfather 2, to God, to Father. <laughs> I don't have friends. I got family. Yeah, I, I, I know very little about this movie. It's another one of those instances where you know, my brother had it on in the background, uh, and I was, like, aware of it. Um, I don't have a five things for this movie this week. Shocker. I know. <laughs> um, <laughs> because, frankly, it's a sequel. So you have all the things I think you need to build a sequel, because we all saw the first one. So there you go. Um so, you know, it'll be a straight ask of what you, old school style, like we did in the beginning days of this show, where it's just, what do you think is going to happen here? Um, I will say that, like, this is a movie that I was talking to my brother over the week, and, and it was sort of interesting to get his perspective on, like, the way I apparently used to treat these movies. It's like, so as you guys know, like, mob movies are not really, like, my favorite genre of film. Um, I'm coming more to appreciate them as I'm older, but I could definitely tell you, like, Teenage Thomas was just such, like, a angsty brat about, like, oh, the Godfather, really? Like, that's supposed to be such a good movie? Oh, my God. <laughs> like, I just didn't, I didn't give a shit. Um, and, you know, regrettably, that is, that is how I was with these movies, but I'm not anymore. I, I've come to appreciate them, at least cinematically speaking. Patrick, so so is the God you you mentioned the Godfather is like or the Godfather Two. I'm sorry, 
is like your your fate you like it more than the godfather one yes right so yes. your sequence was like goodfellas gf2 and then gf1 yeah um <laughs> uh without spoiling the movie is there any like reason why two is is that much better i know last i think last episode you mentioned like robert de niro is in this film yeah um, so yeah him and then i guess i like the historical the history of it oh that's a that's that's as much as i'll say okay <laughs> not try to ruin things yeah but that's what kind of elevates it up past the first one for you yes so would you say so you're saying like this is one of those rare times like we're talking like a Terminator 1 T2 type situation where it's like the superior film is the sequel it is but not as much because okay. I felt like T2 was a lot better than T1 oh yeah T2 is a gem T1 but that's not bad, but that's yeah. for different reasons than why right, Godfather right. Part 2 is better than 1 okay well Amber with all that information Give me my Godfather sequel, please. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> this could either go two ways. Oh. So the first is that it begins directly like after the first, like after part one. So like when you say after so part one, So right when the, the door, door shuts, oh, but we're okay. seeing it from the other side, from his perspective with everybody coming in. Okay. And then basically pledging allegiance to yeah. him, to the new godfather, right, which, right. I mean, he's basically the new godfather, right? Yeah. Don um, Culeone, that line I fucking did yeah. from the first one, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or it could be like 10 years later, or 20 okay. years later even, to okay. where he actually is a lot older and he is considered like the godfather. Right. And so we kind of do like a time skip, uh-huh. I guess. Which is something I would prefer, I think, because if they just go into it directly, mm-hmm. it's just kind of like, oh, like you're still gonna have to like at some point like jump, right? Um, yeah, it seems to be the staple of most of these mob movies, right? Is yeah. like we're dealing with a, a very wide time depth here, right? Like all the ones we've watched so far have been like, you know, all right, this is my life in the mob of like thirty to fifty years, and like. Godfather, though I don't think you, you could say like it was like thirty years of it. There's at least closer to ten than not, I'd say, by the end, right? Like from the wedding forward to the end, we're at least dealing with like a decade. I don't think you so. Think? Wait, um, but then how does starts in forty seven? The Godfather. Okay. Um, and I think I want to go. It says maybe five years it goes. Okay. Because I was thinking like. Al Pacino's kid is what, like three or four by the end? Maybe. Yeah. Okay. And I mean, he wouldn't have had it. Like, yeah, I think five years is actually probably pretty accurate because what? He was gone. The Italy shit, like, there would have been like a year after the wedding. The Italy shit would have had to have happened. That was a year. Yeah. Yep. And then he says explicitly, like, I was here in America for a whole other year before he meets Kay again. Yep. And they get married off screen and have a kid off screen who by the end of this film is at least two or three. Yeah. So there's a, like five, six years here, I think. Yeah. Right? But I think it would be really interesting if you have an older Michael and he's like, here are the things that I learned um, 
by becoming basically the new godfather Mm -hmm. but also maybe there's like a conflict of interest because like he has also a son who's basically him like mini michael so you're thinking like a rehash of the first one a little bit hmm? are you thinking like a rehash of the first film a little bit yeah basically like it's just repeating the cycle except he sees that yeah i don't want that for my son like i really don't want that Mm. for my son because you know my father also didn't want that for me but unfortunately like things didn't pan out well and i had to you know basically do this in order for our family to survive because otherwise they would have been basically killed so i think it would be really interesting if it just like jumps like you know 10 years or something and that's where the movie kind of starts and then you know basically coming to terms with like okay this is what my now i understand like what my father had to go through right right. as like the godfather with all of these like demands coming in from people and things like that yeah okay i could see that because they did it they did a a good job but i mean i wouldn't have mind seeing a little bit more of how like annoyingly stressful Vito had as the like head honcho because like yeah. in the beginning he's like who do you want me to put on that job and he's like oh I don't know just not one of our guys somebody yeah. like you yeah. can tell he's like having to think five steps ahead before someone asks him a question though so he can just be like this is your answer yeah. go do it like this and it's this very like like when I think it's like Tom asks him who or Sonny or somebody asks him who do you want me to put on this so the second thing the thing about the the uh the Italian guy needing to be a citizen or something like that. Um, He's like out the gate, like don't put one of our guys on it. Go through this other like group, but do have one of them do it. Like kind of give us a couple degrees of separation. And it's like, you don't just kind of like whip that exact answer out of your butt like that. Like you're, you're already think when you're talking to him, you're already thinking about it. Right. Mm -hmm. So this guy's like, I need you to do this. And you know you're going to say yes, but you just kind of keep him on so you can get your brain going. But I would have liked to see a little bit more of that, like from Vito's perspective. So I think it'd be kind of cool to see that, like Michael learned that. Yeah. Because he's obviously not like an expert. Like he he has done well so far. Like he's earned that respect from Mm -hmm. other people. But it's about maintaining that respect. Right. And that's something we haven't seen with honestly either of them. Yeah. Because Vito was at the end of his life, right? right he and then had you have Michael, who's yeah. basically beginning his life right. in the mob. Yeah, I will say not to... I mean, you gave out two really solid versions, but I will say that this movie did come out two years after the first one. So it came out in 1974. Yeah. The only reason I say that is because you mentioned this like long time jump. And though I have very little doubt that they could pull off the aging up stuff, as we've seen with movies that are later and even around then I don't know if they would do a whole yeah, movie 10 years true. later with the same cast you know for the most part that's true yeah. if they like you'd have to replace Pacino yeah. with somebody yeah it'd be a whole yeah. thing yeah but Patrick what are you thinking of Amber's sort of double whammy for this week it's interesting and it would be interesting interesting to see yeah yeah I, I don't want to give too much. No, no, you know, it's, it's fine. It's fine. It's tough. It's tough. <laughs> I know. I guess. I guess the question I would say is whether or not this is the film 
that we're about to watch, is it a film that you could see being like, oh yeah, that is a film, like a Godfather film? I could see it, but not with Coppola's vision and direction, because I don't think he'd go for it. Yes, but actually no. Yeah, with the like kind of rehash the sequel, Lion King 2 style. Right. (laughs) The plot of Lion King 2 is essentially like Simba's king. Fuck, how's it go? It's like Simba has a daughter. And, like, it's like a Romeo and Juliet shit is what it is. It's oh. like Scar apparently was fucking the whole time. And, yeah. like, really? as a kid. Yeah. Dang. He was like fucking the whole time. And he has, like, a bunch of, like, crappy lion children. But he has, like, one cub that's the same age as, like, Simba's daughter somehow. Doesn't really make any sense there, but whatever. And, and they, they like, get together. Yeah, they even fall in love. And it's like a, it's like a, it's like a. I was romance. thinking more like Incredibles, but what are you talking about? Incredibles. Yeah, one and two. Like you know, the second one didn't oh, come out for oh, a while. Oh, so, oh. Yeah. I thought you meant that the Lion King two was more like the Incredibles, and I was no, like, no, I would no, love no, no. to I meant like <laughs> But that's animation. Yeah. So yeah. these are people. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just meant it in the sense that, like, I think the whole thing there was, like, she doesn't want to be, like, ruling or some shit. And it's, like... Oh, it, It's okay. the opposite. It's, so it's the flip, right? It's, like, the opposite of what we saw in the first one. So mm-hmm. what I'm thinking is, like, in your, in your 10-year-plus scenario, it's, like, uh, Pacino's son wants to, like... Like, Michael's son wants that life. He's not like Michael where he's content to just be like, yeah, I'm fine. I don't want to do that. But Michael wants better for And Michael his son. wants better for his uh, son. And instead his son's more like Sonny. Or maybe it's just going to go all Breaking Bad and everything's just going to like just... It's going to be just like another, like, we're at the top. Like yeah, the peak, and, and this is gonna, our this descent, descent like down. Mm. That would be actually really interesting. So, like, It'd be sad because I obviously want them to win, but... But I mean, like that's kind of can how only a movie be so high works, right? for so long. That's how like a movie has to work. You gotta have a falling action somewhere. Yeah. I think I think I think there's really not so much I can like elaborate on just because like I, it's hard. Like we said at the beginning to to fathom like what do you follow up the Godfather with without just more Godfathering? Yeah, because um, they could have <laughs> just ended there. I know it could have ended at the yeah. first one and I'm just like I'm satisfied like that movie left me very satisfied yeah like I could have just right. ended up part one never seen part two and been fine right because it's very well I don't know now but like, <laughs> um, like we'll find out when we watch it yeah. but I mean yeah just going off the first one it's like it ends in both a final and ambiguous way to where I'm like the cycle like you say like the cycle keeps going I don't necessarily need to see that cycle continue because I can kind of imagine it. But at the same time, it's very like all of our loose ends are tied up and we're done. I think the only loose end I could think of at the end of that movie is Fredo dicking around in Vegas. Wait, he's still there? I don't. I mean, he wasn't at the end of the movie. He was alive at the end of the movie. And I assume they just left him in Vegas to like deal with shit. Hello. I'd like to get down now. Because they yeah, kill they the Vegas guy. Yeah, they end up moving guy. to Vegas. That's what. Yeah, that's right. They move. I yeah. think that's what this movie. And they take over. Be. So I'm sure he's gonna be there still, unless he fucks up or something. I think. Well, I think that might be. That's the only way I can see this movie really being like a having a falling action. I think it's a combination of like Fredo fucking up because we kind of set him up to be the fuck up, right? But we yeah. don't ever use that. We just have it played for a joke. Yeah, and then you kind of have all these people that are like 
Like, I want to see the you. Vegas people. Like, the people who are there already mm-hmm. and have to kind of see the Corleone family, like, break into it. Yeah. You know, like, they have their foothold with this casino that they bought. And they move out there and they're like, we're kind of, you know, we, we're coming from the east with all this backing and everything like that. But, you know, these are people not from there. So they might, res- some might respect them for the tradition. But what we saw at the end of that, or during that first movie, right, is like these times they are a changing. Yeah. And I feel like that's going to be leaned on a little heavier in this film where it's like, you know, some of us, you know, more liberal westerners are more willing to like not follow those traditional ways you have back east so like yeah you might have been a big deal in new york but vegas is a whole other animal and i think that's where de niro's character is going to come in yeah which i don't know how they can escape the drugs because i think we might just lean into that too yeah i think it has to come back eventually because they tried like escaping from that and not like basically feeding into that yeah because they were just like oh we can just do like gambling and we'll be fine i'm just like well like again times are changing and this is probably when like narcotics start to become like a big thing not to mention you have them absorb everything i assume they absorb all the other guys' stuff from the previous film they killed all the people so like yeah half of them were down with the heroin and shit so that's now Michael, like, I feel like there's going to be some component of controversy for Michael to be like, my father didn't want to fuck with these drugs, but I can't just, like, get rid of these drugs because they're already sort of part of the system, yeah. and I've inherited a larger portion where that's already going on, so how do I deal with this, right? Like, do I just go fuck it, it's, you know, I'm making money, it's for the safety of the family, or do I have that kind of nagging... T'Chaka in the void of Black Panther in my head telling me to do the right thing. Like, remember who you are. You know, what am I doing there? On top of, I think, I personally think that De Niro's character, like, let's let's try to, like, talk about him real quick. Like, what do you think, what do you think is Robert De Niro's role in this film, Amber? Because he was not s- in the first one. I think it's going to be similar to how he was portrayed in Goodfellas. Okay. So, like, this kind of outsider kind of guy that doesn't really belong to the family. And he kind of digs his way into the mob. And everybody's kind of like, you need to, like, watch out for this guy. But for some reason, I feel like Michael's going to take, like, a liking to him. And even, like, you know, like, they almost are compatible in a way. Mm -hmm. But then realizing that, you know too late that like he's kind of like dragging him mm. along yeah. Yeah. I, I, I feel like he somewhere. plays that type of character but I mean it might be different so I think he's going Godfather. to definitely be the Jimmy character in like style um, but I think it's going to be straight out the gate like this is the threatening rival to Michael like oh, gotcha. he is like the the West Coast version of Michael. Oh, that'd be awesome! And yeah. like, you know, he's coming into the hotel, just you know, throwing hundreds and everything. Yeah. He's doing the Jimmy thing. So like the white American, like rich right. businessman. Yeah. And like he's just you know bankrolling everything, and then they meet, and you know he's all happy and shaking hands, just like just like Jimmy and Goodfellas, and like Michael is immediately like, 
I don't trust this guy. Nobody like basically like nobody's this nice. Nobody's throwing around money like this. Like wh- who the hell does this guy think he is? And I think that's where the contention's going to start. Mm-hmm. And then it is going to be like, yeah, De Niro's not just trying to be friends. He is trying to like fucking get on your turf, push you out or take control or something like that. Get you under his thumb. And I think we're going to kind of see that he's been doing that. While at the same time, all the other shit's going on in the background. And I think that's where Fredo's going to fuck up. Because we see how Fredo is so cool to be the lackey guy of anybody. Yeah. Like he was in the first movie, right? He's the lackey of the... uh, Mo Green. Yeah, Mo Green. Thank you. He was like more than willing to like kind of defy the family. And I think that's our teaser, right? He's like, don't you ever side with someone who's not family again. I think Mm. that's our teaser for this film. He's going to side with De Niro and shit's going to go down. And yeah. something something bad's gonna happen. Something that's not forgivable is gonna happen in that realm. A lot of unforgivable things are gonna happen. <laughs> Cause I'm sure K K is probably gonna come back at some point. Yeah, I think we're gonna get a lot more K yeah. in this film. Because she definitely was like they do it they didn't I wish they did more of this in the first film, but like they don't do a whole lot of juxtaposition between Vito Corleone's wife and like the wives in that film so like Kay and then their sister that I feel like could have really driven home like the times they are a changing theme because they do a little bit where like the mom was just like leave it alone like when, when her daughter is like very clear like getting the shit beat out of her but she's like just leave it alone don't worry yeah, about it yeah cause Sunny is just like don't you see this yeah. guy like what he's doing and, and she's like, like that's not your business don't get involved anymore. yeah, yeah. And it's like, that, but that's the extent of that dichotomy that mm-hmm. we see. And I would have really liked to see more of like the, the juxtaposition between like her traditional stuff and like Kay, because unlike uh, the mom, Kay is like asking questions constantly, like from the minute she's in frame, she's like, who is that guy? What is that person doing? What does your dad do? What do you do? What does your brother do? Yeah. For like, it's all these things that like are questions that she should not be asking, as far as anyone's concerned. Mm-hmm. But she's asking because anyway. everyone kind of turns a blind eye, right? Especially like the Italian wives, and that's the thing. Like we haven't gotten a whole lot of this like contrast between like you know the traditional mm-hmm. white Westerner and then the Italians, right? And I think we're gonna get a little bit more. I think it's going to be like a heavier version of what we saw in Goodfellas mm-hmm. where she's like, what are you doing? But instead of it being like, but I was into it, it's going to be like, <laughs> oh my, <laughs> um, it's going to be more like, you know, I, I have this role to play that I don't want to. And I'm going to actually like really fight this because she now becomes like matriarch of this family in a way. And how do you reconcile that? So, Patrick, what do you think of Robert De Niro's character? I'm not saying anything. You're not going to say anything? I will say he won an Academy Award for it, and there's an interesting factoid about it, but I can't say it. That's fine. No, I I was just curious more, like, in the role he plays, you don't have to go into, like, what it is, what it does, but, like, is it good? Is it like anything we've seen already? Is it, like, completely different? You don't got to go, like, crazy. No, no, I I will say it's similar to what we've seen, and... um, what he did behind the scenes to make his role um, just makes me like him even more as an actor. Interesting. There will be background research to be done. And funny tidbit, this I can say, he actually auditioned for the role of Sonny. But did really? not get it. Yep. 
I'm kind of glad he didn't because that was not... Maybe it's hindsight bias, right? Because I've seen De Niro and all these big... I mean, we saw him in Goodfellas. We saw him in these big, huge mm-hmm. things. I feel like it'd be so, like, a waste of De Niro. Yeah. Like, it'd just be like, oh, he's a hothead who gets killed halfway through the film. Like, oh. I yeah, that's not, like, that. usually the characters that he plays. I mean, it wasn't Like, 70s, that guy, like, so. did a pretty good job of playing Sonny. Oh, because, yeah. Yeah. He was Sonny's not a very who we simple was. guy to understand. <laughs> yeah. But I mean like and that's where I feel like De Niro usually plays a little bit more of an elaborate character. Even if yeah. it's a smaller part, it's like not you know, there's more depth to it. And I feel like Sonny, his deal was I'm angry and I want vengeance. And like I could feel that the emotions were complex. It wasn't just like I'm a jackass, but it was also like I'm not doing a whole lot yeah. here in this film yeah. on screen. <sighs> <laughs> 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 now imagine De Niro doing that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can't. I can't see it. So the article that talks of what he did, he he really reflected that. I don't know where my career would have been if I would have been Sunny. Yeah, I mean, it would have been done. I maybe not done, but like he wouldn't have. I get a feeling that he has a much bigger role to play in this film than he would have if he were Sunny in the first film. Um, just because I feel like you have to introduce more, kind of like how Amber said, like outside variables here. Because it, that movie is just like, the outside is closing in on us and it's everything we're doing inside to make it stop. This We've already solved that problem. We need yeah. a new problem. Um, and what a better problem than like, hey, East meets West. Like, you, we are the strong people in the West who are equal in power to you. Now let's have at it you know for the soul of las vegas <laughs> <laughs> so are mobs still a thing totally oh yeah okay. totally still a thing yeah that would be something i would totally be down to learn more about i mean i'm sure they don't have classes like on it or anything those, but i mean we they got all those kinds of books here in the city about al capone and shit yeah that. Yeah, it's one of those things I feel like if you learn too much about it, people come knocking on your door. Oh, okay. <laughs> Never we'll mind okay. that. Yeah. <laughs> so to any mobsters listening to this uh, podcast, dude, where you have nothing but respect for the work that you do for But like unions. in the city of Chicago, though. Oh, variety, I'm sure. Yeah. But anyway, you guys ready to go check this movie out? <laughs> <laughs> Before we get killed. <laughs> Before we delve too deep into places we should Knock. not, though. <laughs> yeah, our door starts like, who's that? <laughs> I do have a question. Have yeah, you do you have another seen... Do you have another trivia bit for this movie? Um, well, no, this is more of a question. Oh, okay, you guys, fine. Have, you guys have never seen a trailer or any scenes from this movie? No. I've seen one scene that I'm basing all of my Fredo fuck up on. Okay. That I won't reveal. I'll reveal Amber to you when we watch it, because... We'll watch at the same time, but yeah. Other than that, that's it. Yeah, I but it's one of those. Other... It's one of those like uh, tropey ones you see on other stuff. It's the kiss. Yeah, the kiss yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah, that's that's everywhere. Uh, the one thing I will say is that I think what happens will rock you like a hurricane. Blow your guys' minds. Whoa! Oh, we raised gosh. the bar up here because the first yeah. one we left us like, holy shit! Yeah. <laughs> well, all right, Amber, are you ready to have your mind blown? Yeah, but not literally. No, well, <laughs> no, no, no! Please don't do that. 
we hear knocking at the door, then, yep, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> well, get ready to have it, Blunt. <laughs> Just let us finish it. <laughs> <laughs> well, with that, you guys were going to remind Blunt about the runtime of this fucking movie. That uh, too. Yeah, that is nuts. We thought the first one was long. Hot damn. I think this one was coming in when I checked at three hours and like, 44 minutes, 22 oh minutes, That's something like Avatar yeah. length. It's fucking nuts. It's like that, you know, we keep sitting here saying we're putting off the Irishman because it's a long movie and we're watching Godfather Part 2 and I'm just like, you know, at what point are we just kidding ourselves? Yeah. Fuck it. But if you guys are ready to apparently have our minds blown both by the runtime, intermission, and just what the fuck happens in this movie, please... Give us just a few moments of your time as we go and spend almost four hours of our time. Hey, we did Snyder Cut. We can do this. Yeah, Yeah, and that was like (laughs) a lot of intermissions. And we did that one day. There was no breaking that one up. So let's get to it, guys. We'll see you guys in a few minutes. I think that we have uh, more than a few things to change in what we thought this was going to be in the beginning. Uh, the most like readily thought available one is that we thought Robert De Niro had a completely different role in this film than we did, and we thought Vegas was going to be a much more prominent role here, uh, which it was not. Wrong! <laughs> Uh, but overall, let's let's kind of just jump into our thoughts on Godfather Two, uh, Amber or Part Two, I should say. Amber, uh, what'd you think? Overall, what'd you think? I think overall, it definitely wasn't as good as the first one, mm-hmm. and it had some really good like moments in there um, that we'll probably go over. But I think like overall, it just wasn't as good as the first one mm-hmm. to me because in the first one so we saw Michael's descent into basically becoming his father Vito and I thought that was like amazing because he kind of goes from this you know naive guy like do good guy um, who has to take over his father's role and who has to like protect his family and you kind of have like you know that John Wick like thing where everybody is like against you and you have to basically like you know kill them all first so I thought that was like really interesting and then in this one it's like it just like continues like down the rabbit hole and we kind of see see him start to do things that are like almost not saying like they like weren't justified like I guess we can start with Fredo because Fredo has like a bigger role in this one than the last one. But he like betrays him like right in the beginning. Like, you know, he gets a phone call from someone and he's like, don't call me ever again. But 
he it's implied like he betrayed he like gave out information about the family and like prior to that michael was like don't ever do that again right so that was like his warning and now we see him kind of just like okay like he did something really bad and of course michael finds out and Mm. that's like you know that's it so yeah so for those of you listening obviously spoilers again for godfather part two and part one if you happen to have skipped over that episode and are jumping on this one go check out the first one um but yeah, I guess if I had to put this movie into like a what is it about, it's essentially a follow-up to the previous Godfather film where Michael is now the head of the Corleone crime family. And it's basically about him trying to keep everything together while the world is changing. And one of those, there's a bunch of things that happen in this movie that we'll get to, but the quick synopsis would be it's a guy trying to keep this crime thing going the old way, but can't because the world's changing. And the trials and tribulations that he has to come deal with throughout that. And I mean, you got stuff like betrayal, you got uh, sort of the actual core family just kind of breaking apart domestically, like not even the crime related wise, it's just like falling apart in Mm -hmm. that regard. Um, You have his marriage hitting rocks and becoming a huge struggle. You have him, someone trying to kill him at the same time and they get really damn close. Uh, And then you also have like the political upheaval in cuba historically at the time which i wasn't expecting um but that was a factor along with you know just everything changing and it's like you're trying to keep up and it's kind of the you know when you become that powerful now you got to juggle more balls kind of type deal and i think that's sort of where i would throw this movie like plot wise into yeah and also being in a place that you're not from yeah like in las vegas Yeah. yeah and then having to like, cause they kept talking about, like, oh, how Italians are like hardworking, like, um, how they're supposed to be, basically, right? Like mm-hmm. the, um, what's the word? Like how an immigrant should be, I guess. Like they make a mention of that a lot, like during the trial, and oh, okay, like yeah. with him being like, oh, I served, like served you know, my country, my country and yeah. everything, and like I'm a good like Italian. Or whatever you want to call that. So I thought that was like really interesting that like uh, like they were kind of like assimilating like into America. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we will talk about that because I learned a few things on that note, actually. So pin in that. But Patrick, you've watched this movie probably however many times yeah. compared to the, uh, the, the first one. Um, what were your thoughts on this rewatch? Anything new pop up to you? Anything stand out or, or just general? I think uh, what stood out more was Pacino's acting in this one. I mean, the big scene with Kay, I, him, oh. you could see see it rise in his face, in his eyes before he flips out on her. I think that was terrific. Then, of course, De Niro. And one of the things you guys missed, he's trying to make the family legitimate. That's why it's That's true. investing that in true. more casinos, investing in Cuba. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I think they're out of Lake Tahoe. Is where yeah, they, they're at a Lake Tahoe. Lake Tahoe and I think that's important to notice because he's not in Vegas and he's trying to still not be that close to Vegas because really? at that time, you know, he was definitely under the watchful eye of the government. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I think the the government stuff is a little I don't want to say it's like a lost lead here, like, but it does it hit me as like kind of almost coming out of nowhere, unless I guess you knew what was going on historically. Right. Like it very much was like, oh, now we the government got gotcha. you, and it's like, wait a minute, what? Like, where? What? What is this? And I guess it's, I guess it's like a historical thing that happened, so it makes sense in context of the time. 
But I will say it came out a little bit like, we got you, Michael. And it's like, wait a minute, where were you guys before, like, this occurred? Like, it makes sense this is happening. It should happen. But, like, what the hell? Um, didn't even know this was on the table for a minute. Except for the little bits in the in the first one, I guess, where the FBI keeps coming to their house. Yeah. And they keep, like, just banishing them from the property and smashing their cameras and shit. Um, but I think it gets it gets too buried for too long to come back up and suddenly be like a thing. I think it plays great and it works out to the plot fine, but it was a little weird. Though I think the thing that you brought up, Patrick, that is fucking great is that scene when he when he argue, fights with Kay about the abortion. Yep. That, I said the exact same thing. Like we were watching it and I was like, you can just see every cut back to Michael is more and more angry on like a steady enough slope to where when he explodes and he hits her, that combined with like the chair falling down and everything, like like an actual like armchair, not just like a chair. Like this whole armchair goes down. I was like, holy shit, that gave me goosebumps. That was like intense. That was like, oh god, like there's so much going on there. Um, it was fantastic. Amazing! This is just like magic. And you're right. Totally forgot about the legitimacy thing. I think that, like, let's talk about that a little bit here because the first movie like you pointed out Amber is kind of Michael's becoming his father and how he's by the end of the movie more or less okay with that or he he's come to terms with it right like yes yeah. I'm evil now um my brother was telling me that apparently in the book it's actually the opposite he does become legit and like doesn't do that or something like that he didn't go into details but basically he does become legit and like the idea of the book is that it's an Italian person becoming American, like Americanized, mm, right. like kind of like what you were saying was it's just like, oh, you know, the more Americanization of it. And just sort of that's the path this takes. And I think the only time you really see that in this film is with the stuff on on their move from New York to, to Nevada, because you get the governor who's like, I don't like your kind here. Like there's yeah. still like... Whereas in New York, like, Italian people are present and there's a ton of Italian people in New York at the time. Nevada's not really dealing with that as much, I guess, historically, until that point where people are starting to move over to that side of the country. And it's sort of... I think it's interesting because it is lightly juxtaposed with, like, the stuff that the Vito flashbacks go through. Where it's like, hey, now you have to deal with being the quote-unquote immigrant to a new land because, you know, there's not, like, already a thing here, whereas Vito had to deal with that when he moved over from from Italy, which that wasn't expecting. <laughs> when you were like, De Niro's in this movie, and I'm like, oh, he's going to play, like, rival to Michael. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, no, he's going to play flashback Vito Corleone, yeah. and he does it, he does it great. Yep. Um, he does a great job at it, and I'm really happy that they cast him in, in this role instead of as like Sonny in right. the previous movie like holy crap he does that like they establish very quickly that he, as a kid he just doesn't really talk and like even when he's an adult he's very stoic he doesn't really fuck around but then it's like I also don't fuck around like that kind of like don't make me angry like you get him saying that I'll make him an offer he can't refuse for the first time and like doing the things that he does is great I liked that movie better than the, I think, 50s present, quote unquote, present day movie more. Like, that was so much more interesting to watch. Uh, Amber, what did you think of the 
the veto flashback stuff compared to especially compared to the fact that we thought he was going to be more like uh you know his character in Goodfellas and stuff <laughs> yeah. like that. I think De Niro did a good job. It's just he's not Vito, like the Vito from Part One. Like, I think De Niro did a good job, like imitating him, and kind of showing us, okay, this is you know how he grew up. Like the first part, where you know his father has died, and then his brother gets shot. Like that was like a crazy scene, yeah. and then his mother basically you know begging the other guy to like not kill her only son left and he's like no like fuck you and so and how that all kind of like you know comes back around when he you know rises to power and he comes back to Corleone and he kills that guy he just like guts him right and I'm like very much like I mean he he deserved it obviously but yeah it kind of like shocked me but like even then I just felt like, I don't know, it just like cut in between like the present day and what was going on. And I was like, well, like I don't really see any similarities, to be honest, because Vito is a lot more, like you said, he's a lot more stoic. He's quiet, mm. but he's he's very like he thinks things through. And I think that's what made him so like successful versus like Michael, who's trying to build everything from the ground up but everything's just kind of going to shit, to be honest. And I think maybe that's because, like, Vito's not there anymore, his brother's not there anymore, his sister is going through, like, a bunch of shit, and... Yeah, which is, like, more or less off-screen, which I thought was weird. That was another thing my brother told me was, I guess she has a lot more play in the book, Mm -hmm. or at least the original draft of this screenplay, was, like, she has a whole plot there, that involves her doing things and this movie they basic when we get introduced to the the what is what now the 50s um when we're introduced to that time they pretty much start it with like this whole if you leave just fuck right off kind of yeah. type thing like we're goodbye movie get her out of here yeah. like she's gone um so long adrian from the rock <laughs> films um <laughs> um which like who knows maybe she had to leave to go film rocky i don't know <laughs> when these all sort of sit together but yeah like they kind of write her out um which i thought was such a strange choice considering that one of the like i said one of the major issues is that the family itself domestically is falling apart crime aside like they're dealing with the issue yeah and you think like they're all coming back together when um their mom dies Mm. but in reality it's like he basically gets rid of everyone yeah at that point yeah. and I think that's like the tipping point is just like when she dies and they're kind of just like we need to come together as a family but instead of doing that because I feel like if it were Vito he wouldn't have done that like he wouldn't have pulled that mm-hmm. but I mean I guess that just shows the difference between him and Michael yeah I think that's an interesting juxtaposition you bring up because like as we watch Vito's family grow mm-hmm. in the flashbacks Michael's family gets smaller and smaller I never really thought about that till now but like that's really interesting because from pretty much like it all kind of peaks at the uh slapping K which again I think it's great that these these movies you know like the George Lucasian again it's like poetry so if they rhyme Mm -hmm. every stanza kind of rhymes with the last one type thing where it's just like it's mirroring the thing that happened the first one right like 
when he gets mad at Kay, that's like the peak of his of it's over. And then in this film, when he sort of smacks Kay, that's like the beginning of like, okay, we're downhill ride now, dude. Like everything's going to shit. And then the final shots where he's just sitting alone, I think is so much more impactful in that regard. Because in the first one, he had all these people around him as they closed the door. And in this one, he's just sitting alone in his big giant house and his big lake area. And he's just like brooding as his son is taken away by his sister to go do whatever and his brother's killed. Yeah. Um, which like fair point and all, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what did you think, Patrick, of the, the flashback scenes versus the, um, the main, I guess, I don't know. I don't even know how to call it because I feel like they're, there are the same movie, but there are two separate movies. Yeah. So I think what you're watching is, you know, you see Vito's rise, but you got to remember it was a neighborhood. It was yeah. three or four blocks that he rose from. And then the, the comparison to Michael at the time, Michael is more of a global reach. And yeah, I don't think he was ever prepared for that from Vito's point of view to take over globally and try to make the family right. legitimate by reaching into Cuba, Vegas, and all that. And then you also got to think of Tom's little part in it where he wants to keep right. Tom separate because he sees Tom as a better representative of them being legitimate. And then you go back to Vito, you know, there is no legitimacy. It's all right. Right. Until they establish the uh, olive oil company, you know, right. up to that point. And that's where his empire starts. And then at the end you see Michael's empire fall. Yeah. No. And I, you know, using that analogy, Brit reminds me of something I actually really didn't care for the way this movie tried to, do was they don't give you that whole like fall of Rome type thought until the last what had to be what 10 to 20 Mm -hmm. minutes of this movie and I really feel like if that's going to be your if that's your through line for this whole thing is like watching the rise of an empire and watching the fall of an empire then like you need to give me a little bit more than that throughout like give me kind of that driving force like maybe have Michael be far more like I gotta keep everything together and go legitimate than he is in the film because a lot of it is just him sort of I have brought peace, freedom, justice, and security to my new empire. A lot of the film to me felt more like a revenge quest for Michael to like go and take down Roth and everybody because they tried to kill him in the beginning. Which like this movie starts off with a bang. Um, It's very similar to the first one in that it's a big party. It's for like his son's communion, I think it was. Um, and it's like, oh, okay. And then like immediately we go into like an attempted murder where they just like blast through his window, um, while him and Kay are getting ready for bed. And it does, it caught me off guard. Like I was expecting another kind of slow burn dealio here. And all of a sudden just like, like, oh my God, they're like jumping to the floor. Like, what are we doing from here? And he's like, I'm going to find the guys. We're going to kill him. And that's kind of his driving force through the movie. And he as a result like keeps getting separated from everybody like i expected a lot more of this movie to take place on a smaller scale and they really dialed it up like let's talk about cuba like that was that was like a left turn to me it was cool how they set it up and like they're like okay yeah they're in cuba kind of right before like castro takes control and everything and i'm like okay obviously based on the fact that i'm watching this in hindsight like i'm watching it in the future we all know that this is going to go south. Like, the fact that Roth is like, oh, Michael's going to handle everything in Cuba. And I'm like, yeah, okay. Like, 
that's not going to last. And you do get little tidbits of like the the like wasteful elegance of the current regime right. and all that shit. And Michael does see like the guy suicide bomb some cops or or military people, whatever they were. And it's just like he has that concern and he starts to see it. And I have to admit that took me a little bit out of the movie because he's like, well, they're going to keep fighting and they're going to win. And I'm just like, Michael knows the future now. Like it felt a little weird. Like I understand the sentiment, but it was just a little weird that he was like, I can see the future. Uh, no, I don't think this is a good idea anymore. And I'm like, mm, okay, well, you know, they did say they've been doing this for decades now. It's not like it's a new thing. All right, yeah, so the Cuba thing, um, I like the idea that they tried to become more legitimate through that, even though, of course, we know what's right. going to happen. Um, I think it's just reflection on Michael's choices. You know, Vito made certain choices that were prosperous at the time. Michael's, even though he could have been thinking ahead of, you know, being legitimate, trying to get Speaks steps ahead, ahead, his choices are about their downfall as an organization. Yeah. Um, I don't, at that time, I don't know which way they could have went to be legitimate yeah. you know so kind of makes sense and then align himself with Roth who's had a history with his father of importing stuff so uh, you know it's it's a good and a bad yeah I think it's I would have liked if they provided some kind of like tough road avenue to take to become legitimate a little bit more than Cuba because it just like like I understand that Cuba you know, at least prior to this time was like the vacation place to go for people in America. Like it was like where you went, especially if you were rich and it was like your beach vacation destination. And then of course it gets shut out when it becomes communist. But I guess like one of the things that kind of bothered me was like, we set up Vegas as this big move in the first movie. And then we kind of don't do a whole lot with it in the second one. Like it's mentioned that they're like trying to buy out casinos and whatnot. But it's never like we're going to Cuba. We I don't know if we ever go to Vegas in this film. Uh no, yeah, they're at they're outside in that motel, outside oh, okay. Vegas, where there's sands yeah, whipping. Yeah, yeah. But other than that, it's like we're not seeing the casinos. We're not seeing like the the you know casino empire that he allegedly has there in some way, shape, or form. But we see Cuba when he doesn't have anything and doesn't get anything out of it, which I guess works. But I don't know. Amber, how'd you feel about Cuba? Was it one step too far or was it like this works or was it just like a little too absurd? I think it was there and that was basically it for me. Like, I think the only part that got me interested was when he was trying to assassinate that guy. Yeah, that is true. Yeah, who was in the hospital, uh, which they were really close to doing, but I feel like all his men like fail him. Like Lucas Bracco yeah. in the last one, he yeah. just died, right. and then this guy inevitably died. Um, so I feel like he doesn't have really good hitman hitmen, and he needs to like think about that more. But anyways, um, yeah, I think it was just there. I think the only significant part that came out of all of it was the Fredo part. That's true. Yeah, and that's a great scene. It is. I really like that. I knew it was you, Fredo. You you broke my heart. Like, and yeah. the fact that he's still willing to be like, "Come on, there's a plane waiting for us. Let's just fucking go. We'll yeah. hash this out in Miami." And he's just like, "I would rather live in this like apocalyptic fucking nightmare <laughs> that is Cuba right now. Like, fuck off." And he runs away. Yeah, but I think like the amount of time it took to get from like you know that point to the end, like I think that was too much. Yeah, I do think it kind of lingered a little bit. 
Because and it also is a little weird. Like, how did he get home? How did yeah. Fredo get home? Like, I mean, he probably has connections down there, or maybe Michael sent someone down there. I guess it just seems so. It seems odd because they establish in that sequence that like it's special that Michael gets to leave. Like they are ready to go and everyone in that country, especially the Americans are like clamoring to get the fuck out and they can't. And I'm kind of just like, how did Fredo do it? Like I get that Fredo's got some clout, but he would have had to lay low and figured a way out of there at some point. He got on the boat and I, I want to say it was Roth. Oh, okay. Boat. Oh, cause yeah. Didn't, didn't Roth, isn't that how he got out? He got on a boat and he went back to Miami. Oh, yeah. So you think, okay. So Fredo yeah. probably rode with him. I, I am pretty sure. I know it was on a boat. And I'm like 75% it was Roth. Okay. So yeah. Cause I know they say Roth, that's how he got back. And yeah. they're like, Oh, he's still alive. Yeah. And I'm like, we took, I think the movie takes a little bit too long to let Michael think Roth is dead before revealing that he's not and it kind of meaning nothing like it doesn't really do anything to Michael like he doesn't really react to it he's not mad he's not pissed off he's just more like whatever it, he's an old man he's gonna die who cares or just figure out how to kill him like whatever yeah cause he, had, he doesn't have that much to live or right. that much time to live anyways yeah yeah and, and he's banned from like every country yeah and he gets he gets like a lot of it <laughs> yeah. too is so much like I understand that it's history, but when I don't see it in a movie, it comes off like Deus Ex Machina. Like when Roth like tries to go to Israel and Israel's like, fuck off, man, like get out of here. <laughs> and they ship him back to America and then the FBI grabs him and then Michael's guys kill him in the mm-hmm. airport. It's like to me that's like, oh look, he's back. We off screen something occurred and like he's back now ready to get taken no matter what Roth is fucked because he's going to get taken in you know under arrest or Michael's going to kill him and I'm kind of like well this is just sort of a non-issue and Tom even goes so far as to say that right like he's not a threat he's going to die and he's getting arrested Yeah. why you want to kill him and he's like and I think this is what encapsulates Michael's character the entire film is he's like, I want to kill my enemies. He does a speech to Tom where he's like, I'm going to destroy my enemies or whatever the hell he says. But everybody is. Like, he's made everyone his enemy, even his family. Like, Fredo is his enemy. His sister is only as good as taking care of his kids as, like, a surrogate mother because his wife became an enemy. Like, he... I think this is the big difference we see in the flashbacks versus the present-day film is that... Vito is very much about his family and doing what is good for them and also doing what's good for like his community. Like I think that's the big takeaway for me. Yeah. Was that Vito was like, oh, Mrs. Whatever's getting kicked out of like we see that great I liked this whole sequence with the dog and the apartment. Yeah. Where it's like yeah. you're getting kicked out and she's and it's he doesn't want to help her. He has that moment where he can essentially the way the movie presents is like be like Michael. And be that strong guy who's like, oh, I'll fuck all this shit up. Or do something kind of nice. And I think that's where he gets his reputation. And I think all that Michael sees is or saw was this powerful man doing stuff with power and thought that's what I need to be. And I think you get a little bit of that with his son and how... Kay is like so worried that his son like is just waiting to become him and shit and like how the kid asks like oh am I gonna help you one day and it's like this kid knows what's up like this kid's fine (laughs) like that's a little fucked up but I think it's it's like that you know and and yeah 
I, I don't know. I, I think that that is the heart of the movie, and I don't think it's... I don't think any main point of this film is presented enough to be the main point, but I think if I had to pick one, that would be the main point. You got any thoughts, anybody in the room, on the main point of this movie? Or, like, what is this movie trying to, I guess, say, compared to the first one where we're, like, watching someone turn bad? Choice. We see that Vito's choices are, like you said, for the community. Michael's are... Even though he wants to be good, they all turn out bad. So I think choice and the decision that one path we take could crumble yeah. or one path we take can rise, I guess, in a, in a sense. Because um, with Vito, you know, he started out with nothing, wasn't even thinking about crime, and then had to turn to it as a last right. resort once he loses that job to the, um, to the crime. local yeah. Don's nephew. Um Michael, on the other hand, was born into that, tried to get away from it, but was pulled back in um, because no one else could yeah. take that chance or risk um, with killing the cop and the other Don. Yeah. So. Amber, what about you? Do you have any ideas of what the theme for this movie is or, or should be, I guess? Yeah, I think I agree with both of you that it's just two people that took different, well, that were born into like different times. And, like, for Michael, it's obviously, like, a lot harder because he's riding on that, you know, Vito, Vito wave, basically. Mm-hmm. And he's trying to be his own person, but he's, I think, being trying to be too much like his father um, without realizing, like, I guess, or understanding, like, his background and how much easier he had it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because his, his situation was obviously different. Like, right. it's just everything fit perfectly to the point where he was just able to kind of like take over and he was able to grow. But I think in this case, there's, you know, with the changing times, there's a lot of things that kind of limit Michael, especially like with the FBI and things like that, that weren't really like a hindrance to Vito. Um, And especially in this one, you don't see Michael returning favors. Yeah. Like Vito returned like at least some even though they were stupid. Like in the last one with the guy mm-hmm. and his daughter. Yeah. He's like, Your daughter's still alive. And he's like, Yeah, but she's not beautiful anymore. And he's like, Okay, like we'll go rough them up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll go rough them up, but we're not gonna kill them because right. she's still alive. Like, you know. But yeah, in this one you don't see Michael doing any of that. Like a lot of his choices are very selfish, I would say. Yeah, and I think he, mm-hmm. I think you guys bring up an interesting point about choice and about actually really about the violence because I don't know if Vito orders anyone to die in the first movie. I don't think anyone's killed until like killed by the Corleone family with intent until Sonny takes charge. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, because he even, goes out of his yeah. way, even in that discussion at the beginning, to like, I'm not going. The easy way would be like, yeah, that guy deserves to die. Yeah, and it's like he doesn't actually do that. He go. It's almost like he he's thinking, you know, streets ahead of everybody else. He's like, stop trying to coin the phrase "streets ahead." Oh yeah, I know that if I don't kill this guy and I spare this guy, then maybe down the line he'll owe me or, or whatever. He'll come to me. Like he's basically building the cyclical system of like uh, uh, of 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 favors right mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. you know 
I don't kill this guy, I spare his life, but I beat the shit out of him. It's not, that guy's going to be more happy that I didn't have my goons kill him for what he did than he is. You know, that's what he's banking on. And I think that's how he built his empire is this like, there's a line he doesn't cross, right? Obviously, he's probably had people killed. And we see him kill a man in this movie. But it's like, that's a particular line where like, this dude, this Don of this neighborhood is like such a huge fucking shitbag. I mean, they go, oh. they go out of their way to show you this guy's yeah. shitbag. Yeah, like no one's gonna miss this guy. Right. If anything, they're gonna be happy that he's no longer there. Exactly, and they are like to the yeah. point where they're just like, John Corleone's now the guy. Yeah. Like we're we're cool with him, and it's like that is one of those instances where it's like so many things had to happen before Vito was like, I'm gonna kill him, yeah. and we're just gonna take care of that. Whereas in this, it's like you know, my daughter got the shit beat out of her, and and all these attempts on my life, and it's like, don't kill these guys. There's there's this whole system of, like, Tom even goes as far as, like, we shouldn't kill this guy. We should figure this shit out. And it's like, no, fuck you. I'm Sonny. I'm going to kill these guys. Yeah. And I think that's where it starts to fuck up, is you just start offing everybody. And this culminates in Michael killing off the, fi- the families and taking control. And it's just like, there's no respect. You know, like, he had respect for these people, and now it's like... Oh, that's the story of my life. No respect. Tell no respect. No, if they piss me off, I'll whack them. And I don't give two shits because what th- what's theirs is now mine. And you're just eating it all up. And you're not actually thinking about... You're not thinking five, ten steps ahead. You're thinking about, okay, where, what, how can I get my revenge? Which is the other... I think the other thing this movie presents is like the revenge. Yeah. The fall with, you know, having revenge and then getting it screwed over. But I think it, it gets so muddled in there. Like, because halfway through the movie, it disappears. And doesn't come back around till Cuba. So, no, I think that's where I would say there's a fault here. I wish there was more flashback. Oh, yeah. Because, and I felt like in periods of time, you almost forgot about the flashback. Oh, see, I was actually, there were points in the movie while we were watching it where I was like, okay, it's been about like half an hour <laughs> to an hour or so. Where's the flashback? We got to be getting one of these soon. Like, yeah. I was getting like hyped for it because they didn't quite like let you know when it was going to happen. I did like how they cut between the flashback and reality or not reality, but like modern, let's call it modern day for lack of a better term. Um, because it, it was just like they would cut and it would just be the flashback. There wasn't like a huge change in like filter. Like they didn't like make one black and white or sepia and the other one like colored. In fact, I think the only thing that really tells you the start and the end of a flashback that I started noticing was they almost always cut to different cars. So, like, mm-hmm. when they started the flashback, it would open on, like, 19-whatever's cars, 10s, 20s cars. And then when they closed and opened on the modern day, it would just be, like, a cut to 50s cars. And it's like, that's what we're letting you know we're doing this. Okay, cool. Like, moving back to the future now. I'm like, I kind of wish you got a little bit more, I don't know, anything than cars with it, because there's lots of things you could probably do, but... I think that was interesting. There's a lot in this movie that made me go, oh, shit. So much makes more sense in the first one. Like, that fucking scene when Michael's like, I joined the army to go fight World War II. Yeah. Holy fuck. Like, that changes so much of the dynamic in the first film. Like, it changes him and Sonny's dynamic. It changes Sonny. It makes sense why Sonny wants to fucking kill... Uh, Carlo because it's like I introduced you to each other and then all of a sudden he's a shitbag beating my sister like there's just more weight there and I'm just like what is going on in there that 
I think that I still think that scene should have been in the first one because I don't quite aside from the fact that it ends with Michael being alone and sitting by himself I guess now that I look at it maybe it's because he alienated himself from everybody but that's the only thing I could see it sitting there as you know like being in this film instead of the first one but then again I guess I look at movies now as like you know you're getting a sequel or not like you make your movie to be complete and then if you get a sequel you figure it out but this seems like it was more we're getting a part two, so we'll do a part two. Yeah, and that makes me wonder why Michael was his favorite. Because, if anything, Sonny's a lot more like Vito. Except well, I think that it's he's the legitimacy, like right? But, huh? I think it's that Michael's whole shtick in the first film is that he is legit. And that's what that's what Vito always wanted. Like, he didn't come over here to be a gangster. Yeah. He came over to, uh, and worked in a supermarket. He just came over because he had to. Mm-hmm. If anything, he probably never wanted to be a gangster because... That's the exact type of person that destroyed his life in Italy. Yeah, that's true. But Patrick, I see you itching over there. What do you... <laughs> <laughs> so back with that scene, yeah. I think it's so important because Vito was family, like right. we discussed in the beginning, and now Michael's all yeah. alone. Even though it's it's the choices we make, and I think that, that scene hits it perfectly. And I think Vito respected Michael more because he didn't rely on the family to make the choices yeah. for him. Especially after you got in with Tom, hey, Mike, you know, we could have got you a, as a lieutenant, right, right, you know, right. all this information. And he's just like, no, you know, I want to do it on my own. And that also reflects on the second one. He wants to do everything mm-hmm. on his own where he doesn't even bring Tom in yeah. enough for advice. And that's where he falters, where Tom was always giving advice to Vito later on, of course. And, you know, the family was doing great. And then Michael just thinking by himself, no, no one else, right. you know. It kind of led to his downfall. Yeah, and I think there's another like added layer to that scene is that he's not just alone, but like everybody ran specifically to Vito. Like they yep. all go to Vito because he just came home mm-hmm. and they're all doing a happy birthday thing. And in one way, shape, or form, like all of those people are kind of dead to Michael, literally or figuratively. And like they all are all in on Vito and nobody really like that scene I think shows a lot more the lack of support for Michael than like him necessarily alienating himself in a way like he is alone and isolated partially by his own like actions and partially because it was like never really supposed to be his deal like even when Tom's like your dad's got plans for you man I guarantee you none of he even says in the first movie none of those plans involved Michael doing what he's doing now. Yeah. You know, yep. at best he would pro- he was just going to be legitimate. He was just going to be a senator or whatever Vito says, you know. And I think it does a little bit to like give only a little bit to kind of give Michael to make that scene that him and Vito have in the first film have a little bit more context. Because, like, I really, when him and Vito, when Vito's like, I never wanted this for you, like, that whole bit, that, to me, like, they're doing, both actors are doing a great job, but the dialogue felt kind of one-sided. Like, it was, like, Vito lamenting and Michael just being like, no, 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 it's fine. Don't worry about it. Like, I got it. It's cool. And that scene in this film with the birthday cake made the scene in the first film make so much, have a little bit more weight because it's, like, it's almost that sense of like, I don't really give a shit what you want. This is what it is. Mm -hmm. And this is what I'm doing. And it kind of adds a little bit of a bite 
to like Michael kind of dismissing what Vito's talking about in that scene. At least to me, like it seems he seems so much more dismissive. Like it's okay, Pop. Like I got this. It's fine. And it's just because it's like whatever you wanted doesn't matter, and I wouldn't have done it anyway. Like fuck that. Yeah, exactly. What you said was pretty much it. Like how you know he is alone at that table. Mm-hmm. And, like, he doesn't even get up to, like, greet his dad or anything like that. But everybody's, like, pretty much, like, pissed at him, which kind of goes to show how separated he is from everyone, like you said. And, I mean, I think that's his own fault at that point, right? Because in the first movie, we didn't really get, like, a whole lot of that. Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like, you know, we kind of knew that, like, especially in the first part at the party, like, he's different from everybody else. But in that moment, it was like, yeah, like, you're the black sheep of the family because right. not only is it, like, you know, our father has different plans for you, but you just don't want to do anything like you're told. Like, yeah. you're, yeah. like, non-compliant, I right, guess. Right. Yeah. So, and that kind of gave me a different view of michael at that point because prior to you i was like oh poor michael you know yeah, and like oh yeah oh poor baby michael yeah and exactly like, oh, and then no, this is like oh yeah. okay like <laughs> he's like i'm gonna be in the military for like no reason whatsoever mm-hmm. which is like fine but everybody's just kind of like seriously dude like the military yeah like they literally can, just you got are better than that yeah. you know and i feel like yeah. that's what they're trying to tell him but he's just like i don't give a fuck i mean i think this one scene is so much better like i think this scene weirdly like in more of the context of the first film sits like has so much more to talk about than like as it stands in this film because it kind of almost it hits it hits odd to me like it makes sense with the end where it's like fade from alone to alone but when it comes up, it's like such an odd thing to just like start with that didn't really make sense to me at the time. But looking at it, I think the other thing that kind of you make me think of here, Amber, is that he is trying so hard throughout this film, Patrick, like you pointed out, to go legitimate, right? And it's sort of like the one time he sort of told his family, I am going to be legitimate. They all just gave him tons of shit for it. They were angry at him yeah. for it. And like in his mind, he was probably alienated for it because that's immediately countered by the fact that everyone is so happy and singing how great, literally singing how great Vito is as he walks in the door. This criminal like mafia Don is the best and he's a jolly good fellow and yada, yada, yada. And it's like in the, the other way, Michael's like, I want to do this legitimate thing and serve my country in this, like, second really big world war. And everyone's like, fuck you, Michael. You're a fucking piece of shit. Oh. So, like, going, it kind of toxifies the legitimacy a little bit, right? Like, it makes criminal yeah. criminality sort of the move. And, you know, it makes you wonder if Michael was always cool with being Don Corleone or not after his dad's death. Like, it, it raises a couple questions, and I think it's an interesting end. Um, or interesting last kind of flashback before the end. So last round, post the discussion. Patrick, you have any final thoughts on this film? Anything that we didn't grab or that this whole conversation is maybe making you rethink or think about? No, uh, interesting tidbits. Uh, Brando and De Niro, the only people ever win an Oscar for playing the same character. Nice. 
Yep. Um, he De Niro spent three weeks in a film room watching all of Brando's movements in Godfather Part One. He make, does do the which I thought he was, does the thing, the, yeah. the, the, the little yep. face, the gentle face yep. brush. I was like, what the hell is this? Yeah. <laughs> uh, the when uh, De Niro assassinates the Don in Corleone, mm-hmm. uh, the guy that gets shot is later the guy who helps Michael in Sicily. Oh, okay. I don't know if you no, guys caught that. that. Oh. All right. Yep. Um, Wait, the guy who gets shot, do you mean the guy who gets shot on Vito's who, side? Who gets shot who's driving the car? Okay. Yeah, the one that gets like shot yeah. in the legs and needs help getting the car at the end. Oh. Yeah. So he's that guy that helps Michael and Sicily. That makes so much sense why this rando dude in, in Italy is like willing to lay down yeah. his life for this kid. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> Which goes back around... Uh, Goes back around to my point. Vito saves that man. He did not have to save yeah, him. He could have gotten the car and driven it away. So right there, yep. Vito's like over here saving people because he knows it's going to get him something in the future. Um, I wish Tom had played a bigger role. Ooh, Wait a damn minute. About that. He apparently, I almost forgot to mention this. So while we were watching the film, um... There is a scene. It's the scene when, when, uh, uh, with the slap, when he slaps Kay, when Michael slaps Kay. Kay says, um, she's ranting and raving about how there's something wrong with Anthony, their son. And what she says is wrong is like muddled. You can't hear it. The subtitles don't pick it up. It, it's intentionally like hidden because Michael's denying it. He's yelling at her. There's nothing wrong with Anthony. I Googled, like, we were like, but wait, because we go the whole movie, and it's like, they never touch on it again. Yeah. Um, and I was like, what the hell's wrong with Anthony? And so I Google it, and sure enough, like, when you search what is wrong, it's like, what is wrong with Anthony Godfather Part Two? And I was like, well, okay then. <laughs> and so I look at it, and I guess, I, I this is a Reddit thread, so, you know, the legitimacy is is what it is. But someone asks says the scene asks what what is his problem because he just seems he's barely in the movie as it is he just seems like a kid except the end where he doesn't want to be near his mom but at that point in the context of the film it's kind of understandable like yeah. his his standoffishness apparently in the like original screenplay of this film there's a whole scene that got cut out and I wish I had saved it but um basically it's between Kay and Tom while Michael's in I think Cuba um Cuba or Miami, when he's basically on the run for getting killed, she's like watching Anthony play in the yard, like by himself at the Tahoe house. And, um, she's like crying. And the whole thing is like, it goes from him to her. And she's like talking about how, um, he's so messed up, like how he's just like not a normal kid. He won't play with his toys. He won't play with other children. He doesn't even really like her. And she's like, all he does is like, he thinks that he's just like, it's almost as if I think she tells, she's talking to Tom in this conversation, who's like, oh, I'm sure he's fine. I'm sure he's fine. And she's like, it's as if he's just waiting for his turn to take over for Michael or to like work with Michael. And it's just like, it's if he's just doing that. And then it goes one step more to where he's basic. She goes, he told like Anthony told me that he or he asked her is daddy gonna shoot me and she was like what kind of kid says that and Tom's like I'm sure he was kidding around and she's like no he said that is dad gonna shoot me because I shot grandpa in the garden and he died 
And so is dad going to get revenge on me for doing that to his dad? And I was like, holy shit. Like this one, <laughs> which then goes on to be, how can I be the mother of another of his children? Right. Like, the whole thing is basically the her rationale for the abortion that happens off screen. And it's just like, wow, that like that one scene, which is like what, maybe like 20 lines worth of, of dialogue, like was cut out of the movie. And I feel like it adds so much more weight to just everything that happened. Like the fact that like his own son actually remembers and didn't quite process Vito's death properly when it happened between them in the garden and thinks like he fucking did it because he squirted him with a, like a gun <laughs> with like water and then like he dropped dead and now he sees his dad taking like constant vengeance on everyone. Like there's so much more there to where I feel a little bit more for Kay in that regard and I wish it was there more because this movie, I don't think, I don't really feel like this movie necessarily needs to make you feel for Michael as much as it tries to mm-hmm. because I think it's sort of deserved like the downfall of the Empire yeah. is, it's on him like that's it bro and it's entirely your fault uh, Amber after all this discussion any final thoughts <laughs> any final thoughts from you or like anything changed I guess any opinions or anything like that this is a this is a hefty movie guys it's like three well over three yeah. hours so there's a lot we probably didn't get to I don't know I, I still can't understand why he's wearing the ring at the end of the movie Cause that's like, you know, it's like right there, like where he's like sitting there by himself. And the first thing I see at least is like the ring. And I'm just like, why? Like you slammed a door in her face, which was also kind of like crazy because he's just staring at her and he slowly grabs the door and she's (laughs) like, wait. And then he just like slams it. I was like, oh my God. It's a little, I will admit, and this is from 2021. So it's, it's, you know, been done enough to where it feels this way. It was a little on the nose to just redo that sort of shot from the first movie and have him do it. But I loved it all the same. Like it was, it was like exactly what I think needed to happen given the context of everything when he's just like fuck you and like closes the door yeah. um yeah as far as the ring goes my whole like my whole deal with michael and the very selfish things he does through this movie like we've pointed out most of his things are very short-sighted and selfish i think it's done with the excuse of i'm doing it for my family when it's like no one's asking you to do this. In fact, the handful of people that are your family are asking you not to do this. And I think the ring in that scene is supposed to make you do what you did. Question it. Why are you wearing this ring when you're more or less not married anymore? I mean, like getting divorced and Catholicism is a little funky anyway. Like it's not as cut and dry. That's like the whole reason the Anglican church started. Mm. So obviously like they might not, he might not see it that way. But I think it's also to the point where it's like, him still having it and wearing it in one on the one hand perhaps validates to him everything he did but i think it's i think what that scene at the end him just like sitting there staring out at the water i think that's supposed to be symbolic of him like actually thinking about this mm-hmm. like he's holding he has his ring on he's like fondling it or whatever and it just kind of is like one was this all really for my family when I've had to alienate one and then kill the other and then I just use the third to take care of my kids because I got rid of the first one? Like, 
he's not actually like having a family like we see in the original in the first film he's just using and abusing everybody yeah and I think the ring is supposed to symbolize more like the this is what I did it for but is it really still a thing if that if if what this ring represents doesn't exist anymore then did I actually do anything for my family yeah oh yeah and the um the I guess short clip for the menu when he's just like staring at the I was like (laughs) I was like why is he just like standing there and then, like, of course, right yeah. when we get to the end, it's the same scene. And I was like, oh, boy. Like, <laughs> so, so like, did you watch this on, like, a computer or something, right? Like, you didn't watch this on, like, a disc? So, yeah. like, again, another one of those classic motherfucking <laughs> blockbuster Blu-ray DVDs that we own is The Godfather Part 2. Um, just like The Godfather Part 1, blockbuster case and all. Uh, but the disc menu is, like, really well done. It's just like your standard play. I think it's like play scenes and then options or yeah. whatever. But the it's like a loop of the scene when Fredo gets killed and like Michael's just staring out the window, like standing in his like little boathouse, and he's just like staring out there, and it's just like on a loop with some music, and it just it, it's done so well because he moves so little that <laughs> yeah. it can just kind of keep going. But it was like <laughs> when we first turned it on, it's like that's what you're presented with. Is like him just saying, "I'm like, what the hell is this? Like, what does this mean?" And then it's like that scene happens, and I was like, "Look, it's the scene!" <laughs> <laughs> and it's like him staring. Is like, "Oh, that's the scene!" Like you realize what yeah. it is. Like, Fredo saying "Hail Mary," and then he gets shot in the head, and it's like, "Oof." <gasps> well, if that'll do it, then final questions for this film: standard out of ten. And would you suggest this movie to anyone? And do you like it better than Godfather Part 1? Amber, let's start with you. Fresh eyes, out of 10, and the other two questions. I forgot what I gave the last one, but I think like... <laughs> it was up, I think it was up in the nines. Like, okay. I think it was up in the nines. Okay, then I give it like a... Nine out of ten. Like I flat think that's, nine. Yeah. So it's like bringing, a flat nine versus like. Yeah. I think I gave it like a. You gave it a nine point something. Yeah, nine points. <laughs> 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 but yeah, I definitely think it's a little bit lower, um, like on my ranking, I guess, because I liked the first one so much. Mm-hmm. I just liked how everything really flowed. I liked, um. Yeah, I just liked everything a lot better. Like, and maybe it was because it was my first time seeing that. And it it was just, like, really engaging. And then it's kind of like, oh, part two is just a continuation of that. Yeah, yeah. So, even though it had its good moments. So, it wasn't bad. But I would definitely recommend that people watch the first one and the second one. So that they can also, like, compare the two. And then kind of draw, like, their you know perception of both and you know some people might like the second one because De Niro is in it yeah so or there might be others that like like the first one yeah well I think some people might be the second person in this room Patrick (laughs) 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 what uh you know standard out of 10 which do you uh would you recommend and then which did you like better so I gave Godfather 9.1 Goodfellas 9.3 so this one's gonna be a 9.2 and because of De Niro and Pacino, I think elevated the acting in okay. it. And also it had a bit more comedy, which in one of the best scenes is when the um, 
the manager of the apartment, whatever, visits oh, yeah, yeah, Corleone yeah. in his shop, and you just see his face, like, so apologetic, right. and you just see De Niro just sitting back there, like, yeah. okay, mm-hmm, not saying a word, not in the door. his face. Yeah. Yeah, the door. He can yep, never the fucking door, open actually, the door, yeah. and the guy's like, I open got it. Yeah. <laughs> thank you, Don Corleone. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank yeah. you. And I just like the flashbacks. I love seeing his rise. He doesn't, again, he doesn't speak a yeah. lot, which I really enjoy. He's very reserved. I think that's a good contrast to Michael, who I think talks too much. Yeah. So, um, yes, see it, obviously. You have to watch. If you're going to watch one, you got to watch sure. two. Um, skip three. Yeah. I have no... The Godfather, part three. As for me, I give this movie, I give this movie a nine. I'm trying to like broaden the width of the scale for it to mean more because like <laughs> so many movies are just like eight. And I'm like, I feel like if that's like, that can't be the, that's not a good midpoint. Um, but I mean, I think, I think this movie to me is like Amber, like we said, I think it's flat nine in that there's nothing like this movie's not bad at all. I very much prefer the first one if for anything, because I feel like it can stand alone as a movie. Like I could watch, I did. I mean, we did, we watched the Godfather one and me and Amber were like, that's, that's it. There's nothing else to tell. We're done here. And then Godfather two expands on that story while also giving you more context for it, which I think is cool. Like, I think that's really cool that it does that. But at the same time, I didn't feel like I needed that so much. The things I felt like I needed, like the mom, and that stuff, like having some bigger role for the mom and maybe showing more her contrasting with Kay, that doesn't happen in this film anyway. So it doesn't really, I mean, I guess you could argue like it culminates that whole, like to me, that arc, if it existed, would start with like the, you know, contrasting with the wife beating stuff and then end in the fact that like Kay gets an abortion, which is this like staunchly not Catholic, not Italian thing right. to do. And I think that is very much the end point of her arc is that I am so not the you know not like your mother not this traditional Italian thing but we don't get that arc I have to kind of fill it in on my own and it's like Kay's barely in this movie except when there's drama afoot and it's just kind of like okay I mean I wish she had more of a role but you know we don't get that in this film and I think the first film like I said is tighter like I can watch it be the rise of Michael and the continuation of a cycle you know that's just gonna continue this one's good like I like what it does how it shows like no like this this is too much now you have all this power and you get this Roman Empire kind of analogy thrown at you at the end of the film which I think was too little too late for me like I wish it was more they made more reference to it or something like that in the beginning but yeah I think this is a straight nine I would totally recommend this movie though like I would absolutely recommend this film um, if you watch the first one and you're like I don't feel like watching the second one. You'll be okay. But like, obviously if you want to watch this one, you have to watch the first one. Um, just cause it will not make sense. I mean, yeah. this movie straight up opens. I think this movie opens on Michael at the very last scene of the first film and then goes back in time. If I remember, I, I can't remember. It's something to that effect, but it, it's definitely something you want to watch. Otherwise, like you want to watch the first one. I, like I said in the uh, last episode, I believe, or maybe it was the last episode. I don't remember, but um, there is a, allegedly a cut of this film that combines them both and a bunch of deleted scenes. And I think that I can agree with my brother's recommendation there and such that that is probably the version to watch. Like I, the whole time we were watching this movie, 
I was like, damn, this would be the only reason I think I like it so much is because I'm watching them back to back. If I had to wait a couple of years and then watch Godfather 2, I would have been like, God damn, like I, what's happening again? Yeah. Why, who are these people? Yeah. Like, there would have been so many questions to this. So yeah, if you're going to watch them, watch them back to back. Or if you can find some good resolution version of that master cut of the film, then watch that. Cause you probably get a lot out of it, but yeah, nine and totally, totally watch, do a Godfather marathon, treat yourself to like, six, seven hours of movies and just watch it. Jesus Christ, these two movies are almost as long as the fucking <laughs> Lord of the Rings series put together. <laughs> but yeah, I think that's actually going to do it for, uh, well, for our run through The Godfather, unless we decide to do Godfather 3 in the future, but we're probably not going to do that. Uh, Amber, can you tell us what we got going on for next week? Next week, we've got Eastern Promises. That's right. We are rounding off our Mobster May Marathon, which isn't really in May anymore, because you may be asking, what the hell? This is in June. Um, (laughs) But that's okay. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, you know, technology be a bitch. But uh, yeah, so we're rounding off our Marathon of Mob Movies with Eastern Promises, which I believe is about the Russian mob, Patrick? Correct. Correct! So, Patrick, you've seen this film. I haven't. Amber hasn't. And our two returning guests, Cayman and Allie, have not seen this film either. So we're all going to get a heap heap and helping dose of, of, of Russian mafioso. But it stars Viggo Mortensen, right? Aragorn. Yep, who won an Oscar, I'm pretty sure, for the role. He was at least nominated, but I, I think he won well, an Oscar for in that case, it. we'll get to watch The Return of the King, Aragorn himself, <laughs> back on our screens <laughs> next week when we go ahead and watch Eastern Promises. But until then, I am one of your hosts, Thomas. I'm Amber. And I'm Patrick. And this is So What Happens Next. We'll see you guys next week. As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. You shit-kicking, stinky, horseman-horse-smelling motherfucker, you! It's a sacred knife to the black guy! You don't understand. I could have had class. I could have been a contender. I'm gonna make him an offer, yeah? that stink of the streets with you the rest of your life. I like the stink of the streets. It makes me feel good. I like the smell of it. It opens up my lungs. I want you to get this fuck where he breathes. I want you to find this fancy boy, Elliot Ness. I want him dead. I want his family dead. I want his house burnt to the ground. I want to go to the middle of the night. I want to piss on his edge. Shut up to my little friend.